You're listening to the Calm Mind Confident Life podcast, full of guided meditations, relaxation audios, and an abundance of tips from inspiring people around the globe. This podcast is here to help you cultivate calm and embrace the power and freedom of believing in yourself. With your host and founder of Value Your Mind, Natalie Keeley. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Thank you for joining me again. So this month, I'm sharing an episode, which is going to be the first of a few episodes I'll be sharing over the coming six months, which touches on people's real-life lived experience with mental health, mental illness, and mental well-being. In this conversation, I'm speaking to the lovely Leonie, who runs her own business and is doing so well, but has also really overcome and going through still some struggles with her own mental health and mental well-being. In this conversation, I hope that you will kind of learn that actually it's not just the successes that people get. There is a journey that we take to get there and that you're not alone if you're struggling through your own battles and demons to get to your sense of a fulfilled life. And Leonie depicts her journey so well through this. So I'm hoping that You'll find it as interesting as and as inspiring as I did in talking to her. Often I have people on the show talking about professional experience in mental well-being and um, things like that. But I know that you're going to share kind of a, more of a personal take on it, which I think would be really helpful for our listeners, because I think when people are doing really well, especially with social media and stuff like this, we often don't really hear about the kind of struggles that people have in in the running up to that yeah definitely and I think that's what people really um struggle with and I think that's where that social media life of what people see and assume can be really different to actually what's going on people are very selective of what they choose to put out there which is fine I think before like if we all saw it before most people saw on the uh, social media I'm guessing um the 2019 trend before we went into the new decade of how um their year in review and it was all these this like highlight reel of the past decade I yeah. think that's very easy for people to pick and choose what they want other people to see and I think as well in business you kind of when you're working with people as well and through my work it's always you put on a brave smile and everything's okay let's just get started yeah, so, yeah. and Oh, hello, Doug. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, well, why don't we start then by saying, yeah, what, what it is you actually do um, and kind of, yeah, how you got to this this place in your life at the moment. Yeah, so um, at the moment I um, run a online marketing agency. Um, only recently started, started up again after having a pretty tough year last year um, with my mental health. Um, but it's going pretty well and I've got um, a nice amount of clients at the moment and kind of getting back to where I was um, beforehand, I suppose, before what I kind of call the breakdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but um, before that, um, I had a another agency with a business partner, but unfortunately that relationship broke down um, last year. So um, this is kind of my second, not second attempt, I wouldn't say, but my second business in the same industry. So yeah, so started off in London and after uni, after studying at the London College of Fashion and continued and started the business straight from university. 
and at the moment now um trying to just build it up again living between Leeds and London and speaking to whoever I can and getting kind of just building myself up again and I think that's kind of crucial in terms of coming from such a low point trying to put myself out there on my own it's about really believing in believing in yourself and kind of believing in what you do as well and that you're capable yeah definitely I mean actually when something doesn't work out it's it's very easy for us then kind of be like okay you know nothing's going to work now because that one time didn't work you know and to then have the bravery to then start again is yeah take must take a lot of courage especially if you have issues around anxiety and confidence and things like that and I think as well I think that it was really difficult and it took a lot of um deliberation whether I wanted to start up again on my own and Mm. and stuff and it was about the balance as well that I had with my previous business partner that um my previous mental health was kind of balanced out by my mental health issues were kind of balanced out by her in the workplace because a lot of the anxieties that I had about going to meetings and speaking to new people and attending things on my own she was very good at and she was very outgoing so that kind kind of balance each other out whereas now it's all on me so plucking up the courage to speak to people on the phone or make a phone call to a client or go to a meeting to meet with someone I've never met takes a lot of convincing to kind of um, control those anxieties and there's lots of things that I kind of put into place on the day of simple things of making a phone call um, just to make sure that I'm not kind of setting myself up for what I kind of perceive as failure but it is that balance of what I was previously used to in my old business and it was that case of do I want to give up or or do I want to give it a go again and and at the moment it's paying off so and what gave you that kind of I know tip into that direction of yeah I'm going to give it another go in all honesty I think a lot of to do with my family a lot of encouragement from them saying that um they thought I could do it um my business relationship with my old partner didn't end very well and she whilst I was in um, hospital and stuff, she um, started up again on her own. And I think there was a bit of a drive from me to say, well, I can do that as well. There's no reason, it's not, she, we could have both succeeded together. It's, and, and, and I spent a lot of time thinking that I was the issue and overcoming that and overcoming those anxieties of thinking I was the issue in that relationship. Whereas now I kind of had to change my mindset a lot and I've done that a lot through therapy and stuff that um, I turned it around and said no we can both be successful in this market we can both we don't have to um, work together but we also it, I can continue and do it as well it's something that I also wanted to do and we the space for us both and there was a little bit of trying to prove to her that I can do it as well which yeah. mattered as well yeah but but actually that's that's a really it's good to use that as a tool in a way isn't it to kind of push you forward because I think it could easily actually like you probably experience a little bit it's like flip flip on its head where it's actually goes against you where you think well like I can't do this because this person's made me feel this way or, or this is what's the kind of outcome of a situation has been bad and so therefore it's a it's evidence that you know, I'm not going to be good enough in some way, but actually being able to being able to flip it on its head and actually say, no, like I, I, I know I have this belief in myself and I'm going to prove these people wrong is actually really sh- a strength of character, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it's something that 
doesn't come naturally to most people, especially to me. It does not. I'm, I've had a very good history of sitting on kind of people's opinions on me and making and using those as the, the way in which I take my journey through life, I suppose, and the decisions I make of fear of what people kind of think or reactions to how people have treated me. And whereas um, I've kind of taken this decision now, I've come up out of the, I've come off the back of something that was really awful for us, me and the people around me to kind of say, well, no, you have to, sometimes selfishness isn't as bad as what you kind of brought up to think. If that, like when you're a child, everyone always says, oh, you have to share, don't be selfish. It's not good to be selfish or mm-hmm. think of everybody else, think of others. I mean, I was a brownie, think of others before yourself. Like, yeah. It's just yeah. like, whereas actually it's not that, it shouldn't be like that. It should be no, no you can't put positivity or do things well in the world if you're not like the center of your world because you're not the center of anybody else's so you've got to be important to yourself and it's interesting isn't it how we I mean I I feel like most people do it I'm I'm massive um yeah I I do I do all the time but I'm always caring so much about what people think and making forming my identity around what others think of me rather than what I think of me and it's like where is the sense in that (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I'm the one that lives with me every day. <laughs> Surely I know me more than other people. Yeah, exactly. And I'm the one that's talking to myself and making the decisions. Yeah. So why does it why? And it does matter. And obviously social situations and friendships and the people that bring positivity into your life help build you up just as much as you telling yourself you're great, your friend or your parents or your family or someone else um, re- reciprocating that and or not sorry reiterating that to yourself then yeah that that does build you up and that does help but it is a case of sometimes with the negativity it's you take that much stronger than the compliments and the positivity whereas it's a case of does that person really know me do surely I know that I'm not like that or I know I'm not that person I think I think sometimes there's almost it, it's easier in a way to believe than and to believe the negative stuff because then there's no action you know if if it's like well this is what people think of me so therefore you know there's that kind of surrendering to like this belief that you're not good enough um then you, then you don't need to do anything in a way um yeah. whereas as soon as you actually say actually I am capable of this then you know you have to take action like you can't be in that stage of sitting back anymore you have to kind of really act on that on that feeling and that belief in yourself and that's yeah, really vulnerable isn't it it puts you in a really vulnerable position because you know as soon as you do that you are going to be exposing yourself to more judgment and more criticism and more of the stuff that you've actually you're trying to get away from in a way <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah definitely and you've got you struggle to conquer those conquer those things because you've kind of exposed it's being exposed isn't it and if you verbalize that, vocalize those things to yourself, it's, it becomes a case of you're not, you, you don't want to become in a position where you're proving the person with that negative opinion or who said that negative thing right. But there's always a fear that that might happen. Were you, did you, have you always suffered from anxiety? Um, was there any, have you always had to kind of overcome these issues or has it been something that's kind of grown in time? Um, no, I've always suffered. So um, until... Uh, last year I was never formally 
well, I was diagnosed with depression when I was 11, mm -hmm. but I was never formally diagnosed with what they have now diagnosed me with, which is a um, borderline personality disorder, which is quite scary. Okay. Um, but um, I've always... I, think, I mean, I think, I think that's, it's got a bad rep, but I don't yeah. <laughs> hasn't yeah. it? I don't know why yeah. people really have this weird thing about it, but yeah. I think people think that you're going to start switching personalities. Yeah. And, and that's not really what it is at all. No, not at all. Um, and the way it manifests is is different from every everybody is different for every person and to be honest since being diagnosed i've not actually really looked into it because i kind of feel like i am me and i'd rather deal with the way it manifests such as my anxieties and um depression and panic attacks and things like that rather than trying to delve deep into something that really they're saying that i can't change so mm -hmm. um did you find it helpful uh, getting the diagnosis then? Yes and no. Uh, no, because I didn't at first because my thoughts were, firstly, the whole, there was the negative connotations and the bad kind of rep of what, what that is. And um, when, they, when I got the diagnosis, I didn't really have, I wasn't really in the mindset um, to really understand it and look, be able to look into it. So it was just, for me at the time, it was another thing going on just adding to the list if mm. at the time mm. but over over a few months and really thinking about it and not necessarily exploring what it is and it's about but seeing if there's trying to find people's stories of people who um also suffer from it kind of seeing how they live their life um it's really it, it did help because it felt like I wasn't as on my own as I initially thought I was yeah I guess because there is with ev with everything there is a community isn't there and as soon as you feel yeah. that sense of um you know I think belonging is such a such an important thing and isolation is is what often um causes you know the, the more symptoms to come up in any in any mental health illness or phys or even physical physical health but you know it's what causes a sense of kind of low mood anxiety and things when we feel like we're we don't fit in some way it exasperates everything doesn't it um so I suppose that's the kind of positive of getting maybe a diagnosis or something like that, or understanding more where something's coming from, because then there is that, there is other people that you can reach to this to make you feel like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Yeah, definitely. And it is that, that feeling of, yeah, not being alone. And I think, cause you hear all these horror stories. And I think for me is you hear, you do hear stories and, people and the, the stigmatism around mental health and even little things such as anxiety um it really it it really does the communities are quite hidden and they're quite hard to find so when you do find it and it's things that people don't really want to speak about so I think the fact that when 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 they say it to you like the when they um consultant kind of said it to me it was it was a massive shock because it was I'd never really heard of it. You'd heard I'd heard of it, heard of it the word like been flown around and little bits, but I'd never really heard of what it actually meant or if it actually did relate to me. I just saw it as a bit of a passive thing. Whereas now finding talking to people that also have been diagnosed with it, I think they've kind of reassured me that it's not the end of my life mm -hmm. and it doesn't define me and it doesn't have to define me. It's just another aspect of me that I can work to conquer and live through. And is there any elements of it that you feel, I mean, this, is, this might seem like a bit of a random question, but um, 
I guess the reason I'm asking that is because, you know, through struggles and things, I, I always find what's helpful. Um, I talk about a lot is um, what you can learn from a situation or what the, the kind of the trying to flip things on their head and think about what the what the positives of, of that unique situation is, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, and so my question was, is, is there anything about about it that you feel is sometimes actually can help you um, or, or your experience, I guess, through it? that could help you that has helped you get to where you are now yeah I suppose my um there's been lots of aspects through other people I suppose that um it's made the past year when I was under the um intensive support team intensive home support team I actually was at home in Leeds I had some uh I had a couple of admissions to hospital due to um the depression and suicide attempts and it actually brought me to a position where I've and this is going to sound really harsh but I filtered out the people that obviously weren't as important to me as I thought they were I suppose one of the um symptoms would you say one of the things that people with um borderline personality disorder have is um a struggle with relationships with people often they're very intense and people come and go quite quickly because of your interaction with them I think um I've read that and that's something I always struggled with growing up and never really understood it and I'd find myself kind of latching on to people and latching on to friends like someone had become my best best friend and would do everything together and this that and the other and all of a sudden something could go wrong at the a flick of a switch and I never really understood why or what I'd done wrong what kind of happened and this year kind of gave me a year well the recovery from July last year has given me time to think well actually those people that did flick up the switch and did just disappear and have disappeared in the in those six months of me being ill to me aren't worth me being putting my involving all my effort in because I've part of part of the manifestation of for it for me is is that I put a lot of energy into everybody I've it's taken a lot of time for me to build any self-confidence up and I kind of have spent the last my whole life putting everybody before me and filling my time with everybody else whereas now I've kind of made time and thought no I'm gonna sit back and look after me for a bit and learn how to say no to people because yeah. often that's not reciprocated and so there is there has been a benefit in how in my outlook and people's reactions to me going through it and the experience and me kind of crying out for help from from people and them not being there has really helped me realize I suppose the important people yeah in what you're saying it's about putting boundaries in isn't it healthy boundaries which I think everyone struggles to to a degree with with relationships and then when you have something you know like borderline personality disorder or, or any any kind of um thing that causes your your mind to be in a more vulnerable state you you almost have to because it's it's literally can be sometimes life or death if you don't yeah um and so I think yeah I think and so in if it's if it's forced you to do that it means actually you're kind of one step ahead than actually a lot of people who almost go through life accepting a lot and tolerating a lot and and actually impacting them in a quite a negative way in terms of the course of their life yeah definitely yeah and then and then also I think there's also that element from what you're saying is that resilience as well like that you've 
through going through something so you know so tough that you you have to you have to build a, resi- a resilience and and in that like really consider actually I need to think about my mental well-being which again is something I think people really uh don't do enough of obviously I would say that <laughs> yeah. um do, do you know what I mean like I think no I definitely agree and I think that's something that people don't really think about and people I always people a lot of the people around me always laugh because things that I've kind of tried to take on is um I've tried to start doing some yoga and meditation and using different mindfulness apps and it's actually quite funny because about nine nine eight or nine years ago might have been longer um I actually started working with a therapist who told me to go away and look into mindfulness and it was and and I hadn't heard of it no one around me had really heard of it and I kind of poo-pooed the idea and I said I'm not doing all this airy fairy stuff and this that and the other and now looking back 10 like now when I think about it if I'd have started that 10 years ago taking time to just regroup I suppose for me and looking after my mind in different ways maybe I could have prevented some of the things and even even now some people in my life laugh at me when I when when they come if they come into my room or something and they see that I'm meditating or something and they always like giggle or laugh and they don't really understand it but sometimes I just want to kind of drag them into it and say just give it a go just Mm. take that time and look after yourself stop scrolling <laughs> yeah and making yourself feel worse yeah <laughs> but but, that, but that's the thing isn't it is that um actually with physical health we are always doing preventative stuff all the time you know oh I'm, I'm not gonna eat bad or I'm not gonna I'm gonna drink less this weekend or I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna get some good night's sleep and all of I mean all of these things affect your mental health as well but the, the intention that people the reason people do this a lot is because of their physical health because they're worried in the future they might have a heart attack or um, diabetes or all of these things it's all kind of predicting stuff that they don't know if whether it's going to happen or not but they're still doing stuff because they realize if I do stuff now it might prevent that in the future but I feel with mental health people just don't think like that it's almost like oh it's not going to affect me this isn't going to happen and so they don't do the preventative stuff because they feel like well I'm fine now so it's okay Mm. and then what happens is like down the line something happens and then it's that crisis point and then it takes a lot more work to get you back to a kind of even keel again and I think and I think that's got to do with a lot to do with society's perspective on it as well Mm. and how people perceive it and the the words that are kind of thrown around quite um half-heartedly like people use the word depression depression so flippantly now it it's like having a bad day you're depressed or so, even like bipolar people oh so bipolar because they change their mood all the time <laughs> yeah exactly and I think and I think that's so um so it's kind of played it down I mean not to and I wouldn't want to offend anybody but you wouldn't say you wouldn't compare anything in this day and age like when you're walking around to using the word like cancer you just wouldn't mm. and that's always been kind of my argument or discussion point when speaking to people that don't really understand what I'm going through or um, don't understand when I think about taking precautions or when I'm advising like not advising them but discussing with them and I kind of say if I had a med a, a physical illness 
if I was sat here turning around and saying I have diabetes, God forbid, or something like that, you wouldn't question it. You'd just accept it. Mm. But the fact that I'm sat here saying that I've got um, borderline personality disorder or I've got depression or I'm suffering from anxiety, you're questioning it. You're telling me to give myself a shake. You can't shake off diabetes. How can I shake off this? Mm. And it's and it's that and it's that aspect of it can happen to anybody and it can happen to anybody at any point. I mean, unfortunately, like for me, it's, I've kind of grown up with it and I kind of joke about it with my friends and say it's kind of part of my, who I am, but I've seen friends that have been absolutely fine and have maybe gone on certain medication and all of a sudden they're suffering um, with depressive episodes and, or are struggling to go out because of their anxieties that they've never even had before. Mm. and taking because people think they're so resilient to it that the fact that the thought of spending like five minutes or 10 minutes a day or doing certain things like going to the gym like going exercise for me was one of the best things it provided routine for when I couldn't leave the house and it also cleared my mind and gave me a purpose I suppose to and and started building me up to get out of the house, started building me up um, to feeling good from the hormones that are released and stuff. And that is one thing that I kind of say to anybody, you can just take 10 minutes out of your day to go for a walk outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I think, yeah, I think that's such a, such a big one. I think people who listen to my podcast probably get fed <laughs> up with me talking about walking all the time, but I just, I just think it's just so good because one, you're getting outside in nature and then also you're doing exercise and it's free. Mm. Um, you know, it's just such a mindful tool. There's so many elements to it physiologically and psychologically that, that it can bring to you. It's easy. And for most people, it doesn't require addressing a lot of the anxieties they may have with no. such of going to the gym or going to a new gym class. Yeah. I mean, for me, I wasn't, I, I couldn't leave the house and anxieties and things stopped me from leaving the house last year. And it was like this time last year and we'd actually just got um, a new dog in the house. And for me, with my illness, it was kind of um, what they used was the fact that the dog needed a walk. Forget about yourself. The dog needs to go on a walk that got me out of the house a little bit, 10 minutes a day, not on my own. And it was like, but the fact that that became a routine and I was getting 10 minutes in fresh air, it turns a half an hour in fresh air. It started, it does start to just clear your mind. And yeah. it's amazing. Now, if I'm having a stress, if I've had a stressful morning um, at work in the office or whatever, I just, I'll just turn off and say, right now's my lunch hour and I'll take half an hour and I'll go for a walk for half an hour and that, and, and I'll come back and it's kind of like I've just slept for eight hours and started the day again. Yeah. And I think like you said, that kind of thing around not shining the light saying, oh, there's something wrong with you. So you need to do this. It's like more, oh, actually, you know, the dog needs walking or this needs doing kind of finding another reason to do something can be so helpful for people. Yeah. I mean, that sometimes can be a bit of a double edged sword. You know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When 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 like your anxiety or if I'm having a really low day, um, the thought of other people relying relying on me does bring even more stress onto myself Mm. but it does it does help with it's a it's a lot easier to use in the smaller tasks such as and that's kind of the way that 
I do break down my day into hour by hour. So nothing seems too much to manage because yeah. I have a to-do list and it's as long as God knows how long it's massive and everything's prioritized, but every time I look at it, I get overwhelmed. So I kind of take things off of that every day and really plan my day, but only ever look what I've got on each hour. So then I can really turn around and say, okay, so, and it makes the tasks that I have to do through work a bit more personal, personable to the person. So I can turn around and say, oh, well, I'm going to be doing this now, but that's specifically for John. So I'm now helping John. And that's kind of how I break it down for myself, as opposed to thinking everybody needs help from me. What am I going to do? There's only one me or and that kind of thing. Yeah, because there's that there's that balance, isn't there, of actually um I sometimes talk to my clients about doing this is like where you have um I'm trying to think what, what it is now, but it's it's um, a sense of achievement each day, a sense of connection, um, a sense of enjoyment, and I think like I can't remember what the other one is, but like something like exercise or something like mm. that. But um in terms of the in terms of the achievement element, I think people think, oh, it's got to be this like big thing. Like, I completed everything on like you said on my to-do list, or mm. you know, I did all of these things, but people forget that actually just sometimes getting up and having a shower <laughs> yeah. is an achievement. <laughs> you know, if you're feeling really, really low, like that is a massive thing. Um yeah. Or putting a wash, you know, wash on, and actually sometimes these little things, these things that seem very small and trivial, they're actually the, the hardest things to do when you're feeling that way. You know, all of those really, really hard, uh, really um, practical things seem seem so difficult to do. Um, and then, yeah, if you just if you go through your day and you think actually I did actually do this, the next day it feels like oh no, maybe I can now achieve just one more thing and kind of adding to it like that rather than oh I've got to do all these million things and then if I don't do them which I'm not going to then I failed and then you feel shit yeah. the next day and you know yeah that was definitely part of the treatment that and how I kind of still think about it because I could quite happily if I'm having a bad day not get up but still kind of sit on my computer and do what I need to do because other people are relying on me yeah. But then I've got to, but then looking back on that day, for me, that's not an accomplishment because I've not actually thought about myself. I've not done anything that would make, makes me feel good or make, that, that make kind of enjoyment. Bit. Yeah. Mm. So it's the first thing. So often most days, especially, and when I'm, when I am back home in Leeds and I'm working from the house and my family are around or whatever, and I'll kind of turn around and I'll, and I'll come downstairs and I'll be ready and, and my dad actually works at home in his office and he'll hear me come down and he'll kind of say, oh, you've managed to get up before 10 o'clock. And that's that. But that works as an achievement for me. And mm-hmm. that that and he, he and he'll only ever say it on the days that he knows that I'm not feeling great. And he's not saying it. In a, it it's kind of our way of communicating a little bit sarcastic, but he knows that that's his way of saying, well done, you've got yourself up yeah. um, like tick one for the day. Yeah. It just makes you feel a little bit better. And when I'm when I'm in back in London and in my flat and I am on my own, it's if I've sat down at the desk and it's like before half nine, I'm thinking, well, no, I've done right. I've had a shower, I've got up and I'm now sat at my desk and I've done that for myself. And that's kind of a good way to kind of start each day with a good checkpoint rather than waiting for you to accomplish something big or complete a whole project or something. It's just not realistic. 
Yeah. And I think there's the, the massive thing around guilt, isn't there? That, that, you know, guilt, I think just, it just eats you up and it makes you feel so much worse. Like, I don't think guilt really serves much of a positive purpose for people. Um, in, in kind of when you were thinking, you know, when you're thinking about your mental health, because as soon as you feel guilty, you just, it, you just carry nothing you do can really satisfy you in that same way, because you just, if you feel like, you know, oh, I haven't done enough all the time and that guilt of feeling like I haven't done enough or I didn't do that one thing for someone or, you know, I didn't do my 20 minutes of yoga. Oh, I feel so rubbish. And it's just like, then you might go to your mat maybe tomorrow, but actually you'll be doing it with not in this, with the same intention mm. and it doesn't have the same impact, you know, and then you just, it, I just think it's just much better to approach like everything you do like try and think yeah okay what what have I done that's successful here like what have I done to help myself or someone else or you yeah know, definitely just because I always grew up sorry I always grew up my mum always told me um guilt's a wasted emotion it never brings anything positive um she was like she, she always used to say like anger you can resolve and it can make you feel good at the end or um, and things like that anger you're getting something out but guilt just eats at you and it, it's wasted it's what who's it for and I always I always associated that with me feeling guilty because I've not done something or I've done something to someone else mm-hmm. and it, it's only really just over the past few months dawned on me that most of the guilt that I ever felt was towards myself for not doing for failing at things or not doing things or not completing something or having a day off the gym or something and really what 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 people don't think about is the thought of how do my feelings yes your feelings are all valid and you can't ne- neglect any of your feelings but who are they direct to and what are they kind of achieving because that that guilt that you put in it puts so much for me it always puts so much pressure on myself and I'd always start the week on a Monday like when it came to something like dieting or something and right I'm starting on Monday and it came to like Wednesday and I fell off, I fell off what I, my perceived, my perceived wagon and the rest of the week I was felt, it was spent feeling really guilty. Mm. Whereas really I could have just turned around and, and what I should have done and what I struggle to do still now, but what, and I think a lot of people struggle to do is to turn around and say, actually, no, it's, I've not failed. I'm not, I've just had a little minor blip and we can carry on. We're still doing well. You've done two days. And that, that feeling of guilt it kind of overrides everything. And my, mm-hmm. trying, to, trying to manage that is, I think, is a really hard task for a lot, a lot of people, including myself. Oh, definitely. And it's, it's, but it's that thing of just saying to yourself, wait, I'm human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this happens. Everyone like falls off the wagon or everyone isn't always achieving everything that they want to. Or, you know, everyone gets these feelings or these negative thoughts at times, you know, that tells them, that oh they should have done this or they should, should you know shouldn't have done that or whatever and we just need to sometimes just give ourselves that break of just recognizing our brains just sometimes treat us like crap <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we're crap <laughs> no <laughs> because I think guilt comes from that thought that we're not good enough you know in any way whatever it is it's that feeling of oh we're, we're not good enough and then if you're, if you're operating from that place of feeling not good enough, 
anything you do after that isn't really gonna isn't really gonna touch the sides yeah now that you're kind of at, at this place where you're doing your business really well I'm guessing it's got to a you sound like you're in a, a good place yeah is there anything that you feel has has helped you in getting to that place specifically along the last year or last six months or whatever well my family for one definitely couldn't have done it without them and I think that's something that um I really would could never take for granted that their support and their sometimes tough love and making me do things that I didn't want to do um but really the I think for me as well is that there's the the drive to there was it was like a switch turned in my brain it was like there was a drive to actually overcome the illness and and feel feel better and be able to and not from having a history of over uh, like 20 years of having a lot of dips and um a lot and times of um being in in under um mental health services and stuff like that and um, that it was kind of got to a point where I was kind of said in my mind that I'd had enough and for me exercise has definitely been one of the things that has helped mm. the most yeah and where do you kind of see I mean in terms of the next have you got a plan in terms of the next six months moving forward and kind of continuing the progression that you've made yeah, so I'm still working with um, my therapist. Um, it takes, if I'm if I'm an advocate for trying multiple different therapists, <laughs> then that's me. It, this I think this is, must have been the twentieth therapist that I've tried to work with, but I finally found one that I've connected with and offers services and things and really helps to understand me and understand to work and works really well with me. Um, I mean that's and, that's a really important sorry to interrupt but just that's a really important point to make because I think a lot of people um with mental health when the one thing doesn't work that means nothing's going to work and yeah. um I think that's where the kind of mental health services get quite a bad rep um but actually with everything it's it with well especially with the kind of therapeutic relationship it's so much trial and error because it's a lot based on the relationship that you have with the therapist yeah definitely so, and I mean yeah. for me the same goes with all of it, like medication wise, is mm. it's a trial and error as well, unfortunately. Mm. And but I think I think that's the case when I look at certain certain things, like um, a family member of mine has um, Crohn's disease, and getting her getting their therapy right, their their treatment right has been trial and error. And so for me, for me, it's kind of it it kind of justifies the fact that. It is it's a medical illness, whether it's mental or physical. It's an illness that need that you you can deal with, and so for me, it's about taking time. I've learned over the last over the next six months, I'm trying to say no a lot more, trying to live for myself, and I think um, that's something that I found. Um, I felt when I was in London, I lived in I've been in London for five six years now. Um, often I'd feel trapped and very alone. Mm. Um, and now it's about, and I've kind of started to say to myself, actually, there's nothing wrong in, and yes, I'm privileged because I do work for myself and I can work from anywhere. Um, but um, I've kind of created that life for me for right now, because I know that that's what I need to be able to turn around if I wake up on a morning and I'm having a 
really, really tough day to turn around and say, I'm just going to get in my car and come back to the comfort of the family home as sad as that may sound but um and sometimes that and being kind to myself and not beating myself up I had a, 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 a and it's still a understand appreciating for me that it's still a rocky road and it is a roller coaster only two two weeks ago I was on my way down to London and driving down and I started having a panic attack in the car and pulled over spoke to my mom and I was just she kind of calmed me down and she turned around and said, look, you can turn around and come home. You don't have to force yourself to do this, but equally you've got to think about when you're over this anxiety and panic, how you'll feel if you find yourself back at home, how will you, will you feel disappointed or how would you feel in yourself and whatever that is, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But think about that for now. And, and her saying that to me actually made me continue driving and I got to London fine, went straight to bed because I was actually driving through the evening woke up the next morning and I had a really good couple of days but it's remembering that it's that up and down and being able to just say to yourself just think about taking time and think about what you need and if it if it's you need to go to bed if you need to go for a walk if you need to just sit (laughs) just allowing myself to do that and allow myself to say no to things that I don't particularly want to do which I've never previously been very good at is really listening to that that inner voice isn't it because inherently I think we do know it we do know these things in us but there's Mm. so much noise um in our minds in our heads with our thoughts with what we think other people think what we're fearful of our guilt all of these things that we've talked about that it's like it stands as like a barrier from from us actually tapping down and connecting to really that that kind of knowing that we have within us of what is good for us and what isn't yeah definitely yeah. And I think people really, it, and it's really hard to understand and like get a grasp of as well. Because I think as well, as, especially with things like social media and stuff, there's always a, there's always that like ominous feeling of like never being good enough because you're always comparing yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and always striving to be the net, the best, the, the better version because you want to be like X. But in doing so, you kind of forget what you need. So really, and it's quite contradictive because you never actually, by not giving yourself what you need, really, are you ever going to get to the place that you're saying that you want to be? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it's so it's such an interesting um, topic and one that, you know, affects everybody. And um, so I'm, I hope this conversation has helped people on lots of different levels. I always think about, you know, with mental health, how it's this continuum of, um, you've got mental illness and then you've just got mental mental health mental well-being you know and the, and the fluctuations of mood that we all experience um yeah and and so I think yeah these kind of the things we've been talking about and all these suggestions you're making will be helpful to to anyone that's li- listening is there anything else that you wanted to add any more tips suggestions anything kind of that's helped you along the way setting goals has been a whether they're big small medium whatever they may be for you I think that's something that you can really can really kind of bring everything that you want to your mind and then for me it's kind of said by setting goals each week of or, and each day of what I kind of want to achieve and most of them are really small such as put a wash on and do the food shop yeah. um but they really help with giving yourself that self-reward that we're all because we're all very very good at 
self-criticism and beating yourself up for not doing something or doing something wrong. And we're not very good at, we all very, most, most people struggle with saying, actually, no, you've done that well, or well done for doing that. Yeah. Give yourself a pat on the back as not in a sarcastic way. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's something that trying to do that, even if it's just setting like one tiny thing each thing, each day and building it up, it really does help to bring that positivity back into your, like melt into your mentality every day. Yeah, definitely. I always say that, um, like when I've done something good, I, I actually like, I will reward myself with something. Like, even if it's like, I don't know, you know, oh, I'm going to buy that mm. thing or, or whatever, you know, something, yeah. something. Um, and sometimes I, I, if I, even if I knew really all along, I probably would have bought that. I wait till I've done something that in order to reward myself for it, if you know what I mean. So that, yeah. so, cause it's like a positive, it's like um, positive behavioral reinforcement. You're kind of reinforcing positive behavior within yourself, which um, people, you know, you do in your job and you do um, in lots of with children, you know, adults do it with children all yeah. the time. And so I think why not do it with yourself? No, exactly. And that's, I think that's with most things that people are, where everyone's very good at giving advice of what, what everyone should be doing. And especially when it comes to like mental well-being and stuff and, a lot of people will say, and, and, and I find it a lot with people around me, everyone's very good at saying, well, you need to do this. And sometimes I just want to say like, I, that I appreciate what you're saying, but do you do that yourself? Yeah. And I think yeah. you should try it. And not because, I don't, not because I think it's a bad idea, but I think I feel that I can, yes, benefit from it, but I also know that you will as well. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and implementing it into your life as well will be good rather than telling everybody. It's like, it's like do as I do rather than as I say all the time <laughs> yeah 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 exactly thank you so much Leone it's been a real pleasure talking to you um if anyone wanted to kind of find out more about you or anything is there anywhere to that people can find you yes yeah, so um my business is the um is at irrelevant.agency everywhere um, and there's a lot more about my personal story on my Instagram, which is finding underscore Leone, which is L-E-O-N-I-E.